hearing your word. Your word has power. It is power. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everybody who believes. And we thank you that we know that. Thank you Lord we can decree it and we can declare it. It is truth. And we bless you to give that us a revelation on that truth today in Jesus name amen 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 so today we need to talk about the fact that he's still God amen he's still God <clears throat> whether people acknowledge him or not whether we acknowledge him or not not you know whatever circumstance we are in uh, we need to acknowledge the fact and know that he is still God there are times when uh, we'll have struggles in life and life really is is a series of battles whether you know it or not believe it or not uh, we go from one battle to the next to attain the level of glory that's that's being um, uh, withheld from us by the prince of this world and so life then is a series of battles but we are <clears throat> promised victory over all of those things and it's easy to acknowledge God when things are going well you know when when we have a victory or we uh, things are going good and we don't have any struggles or you know sometimes you might struggle for a season and you finally get the answer to your prayer and uh, you're kind of on the mountaintop so to speak so it's easy to acknowledge God there because he seems so present to us uh, it's always through the good times that we find that we are more willing to acknowledge God and, and because we're in a good mood about things. But our, our God is not dependent upon our mood. His availability is not dependent upon our mood. And his action in our lives is not de- dependent upon his mood. And so we have to <clears throat> understand that he is still God. No matter what anybody says. No matter what the politicians say. No matter what our government is doing. He is still God. He's God and God all the time. Amen. So he is still God. And we need to know that and acknowledge it. It just seems that the people who have made, uh, um, I would say, uh, big strides in faith, in the Christian faith, um, are always the ones who in the darkest times knew this. That God is still God. No matter how dark the days are. No matter how much uh, things seem to be against the believer. How much stuff is arrayed against us. He is still God. And he is still available to us to demonstrate that he is God. See it's 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 good thing to know he's there, but it's even better to see him come into a situation and make things right and make them line up according to his vision for life and his plan and his word to bring goodness into the earth. That's what we want him uh, to call upon him for and it's good to know that he is always there and available to do that. Uh, so many times over the years that We've been called to pray about certain things, um, um, especially on our Saturday meetings. That's our school of ministry day. And God has called us to pray about certain things that people would look at us. And, you know, you can tell when people are in there with you in faith and when they're standing 
outside you know looking in like Michael did David when he was jumping up and praising God she looked from a window and that window being your flesh you just stand away from it and you can't appreciate what's being prayed about and I can remember so many things that we prayed about over the years that people you know it's always easy to get people to pray when it's the proper thing to do or the end thing to do where everybody's doing it but it's difficult to get people to pray in a committed fashion and keep declaring the word in these situations over and over and over and over again and over and over again we've seen God move when it seemed like we were the only ones who still believed he would move in certain things and so you have to realize that God needs the prayers of people so that he can get his work done whether it appears that we're making headway or whether it doesn't appear that we're making headway you know these things happen in the suddenlies suddenly there are declarations made and and things and that thing falls down I remember when uh, uh, I don't know if many of you remember this but when Ronald Reagan was president uh, people kind of mocked him well he was from Hollywood and he made movies with monkeys in them they, you know the only <laughs> movie they ever remembered was that movie made with the, you know, with the chimpanzee in it and you know there, he's a B actor and all this kind of stuff and he was older you know I think he was close to 70 or in his 70s when he was president and uh but he was that man could dress i don't know who his style is i mean that brother would get out there sharp for a guy in his 70s remember they used to people thought black was the dress color he bought brown back you know he would wear the he has style if nothing else but remember he would make these bold statements about the United States and, and bring people into remembrance why we were founded as a nation and they especially laughed when he told Gorbachev to tear the wall down and then they were more shocked when they saw he did it you got me and so we need people who will get up and make these bold declarations amen in the face of adversity in the face of difficulty and so we want to be those people that know that God is still God no matter what the situation the circumstance what we go through what we don't go through he's still God and he wants to reveal himself as God that's the important thing he desires to manifest himself as God he wants to correct injustice he wants to right wrong he wants to give people peace he wants to reconcile he wants to do all of those things and so if we will remember that it doesn't matter what we think about what's going on or what the news says or doesn't say but he is still God so in first Kings chapter 20 there's a story I'm going to read portions of it as I exhort you in in uh, understanding how God wants to manifest himself to us and, and help us in every way I was looking at the King James uh, version that's the one I just habitually use all the time I understand it fine but sometimes I uh, lost the translation if it's a long story I'm thinking I'd use the amplified if I need to I will but I can always transliterate or whatever as we go through but <clears throat> we need to know that that the difficulty and getting God to move lies in the fact of how we perceive him if we perceive him as being God all the time uh, then no matter what 
the circumstances in the natural we have a revelation of him in the spirit and we can always know he's there and we can call upon him to do what he needs to do so in in first kings chapter 20 there's this war that's going on between syria and Samaria and Samaria was the uh, southern was it northern or southern province I get them confused but it was um, uh, um, Israel it was a uh, capital of Israel now I'm really confused Jerusalem Samaria Israel but the kingdom was split at that time Judah I think was in the north and in Israel the south so uh, Ahab's the king of Israel and we know him because he's got a, a bad history of uh worshiping other gods and he was always to do this he was always in cahoots with his wife Jezebel they had already been confronted by the prophet uh, and, and Elijah in, at Mount Carmel and, and it was shown who the real true and living God was but there's some difficulty with getting it through sometimes to leaders you know and this is a message uh, of how God works with leaders to affect the good of the people and also how he works to reveal to the people who he really is so Elijah had had forced them into making a decision about who was really God and so at Mount Carmel you remember the sacrifice was doused with water and God the God who answered by fire he was God and he poured fire from heaven and licked up all the sacrifice and the water and everything and the sacrifice was accepted and the prophets of Baal were slain so the first thing the prophet did was got rid of the uh, wicked influence over the minds of the people and over the minds of the leadership you got to go in and you got to clean out when you want to do a work for God and that's the prophet's ministry to discern these things and to root out evil because you don't want people to remain confused if God is God he'll work in a sovereign atmosphere he'll work in a pure atmosphere Uh, we don't want our God to just have to come in on top of what the enemy's doing and, and get involved in confusion he's royalty so we have to kind of spruce the place up you know when somebody important's coming over and uh, that's a prophet's job they know that they can't have a holy god coming into an unholy situation and wanting to do his work and so uh, the prophet then slays all the prophets of baal and uh, they are eliminated from influence over God's people and so God then has to go a step further and he has to fight for the people to show them that he they are forgiven you know there's something about when we know that we've made a mistake or something we don't want to call on God because we think he's still remembering (laughs) he said your sins and your iniquities I remember no more but many times a bad conscience or the enemies always pointing out our faults to make them uh, to magnify how bad things are if your blood bought and the thought comes to you and magnifies keeps hammering at you what you did wrong and how you messed up and know that that's not God that ain't the Holy Spirit telling you that especially if you'll confess this is the thing many times Christians don't confess and acknowledge I don't know why not but it sure makes me feel a lot better well if I'm the only one that's fine too I don't care but uh, you know you need to get beyond this greasy grace thing that we think that 
you know if you if you say something wrong to somebody you don't have to go to them and apologize make things right and tell God you're sorry and God I'm sorry I, I offended one of your your servants or offended another human being if we uh, don't don't uh, pay our bills or pay them on time that's an offense to God he said thou shalt not steal and he still say you don't steal his kids are not thieves huh? I knew parents in the neighborhood that had more pride than that my kids don't steal. And the house was full of hot stuff, you know. <laughs> My young'uns don't steal, you know. But they had a, a a reputation to keep, you know. There's a family honor that has to be maintained, and so God makes sure all of His kids obey His laws, because He's not a thief either, either, and He's not a murderer, and He's not any of those things. So when we belong to him we have to obey house rules and do the things that are right before God. But know that if you've confessed your sin and you have allowed God to cleanse you from all unrighteousness then you stand righteous again and you know it. Men you're righteous and you know it. You have evidence clean conscience uh, things that that you need to do to get that reassurance so you can go forth in faith unhindered so your faith is hindered if you have a bad conscience it won't work it just won't because it works by love and so you have to if you've been cleansed you know you're clean amen and you don't move until you know you're clean and get that relationship right with God so that your faith will work you know and so as we go through life we'll, we'll see how important that is and so that's what God's trying to do reestablish his His uh, love for his people and the fact that he will protect them from all the works of the enemy even if you invite the enemy in yourself and give him a coke and a hamburger and sit down to dinner with him if you find out he's a devil then God will deliver you from that power even though you you uh, invited that power in yourself so call out to him and let him know that you need his help and so there was a, a war here between Syria and Israel and they really had two battles so we said that life is a series of battles so don't ever think that you fought one battle and let me rest and you better go sharpen the sword again you know keep the sword sharp because the enemy is always plotting to move in deceive attack steal kill destroy the more he can move in the more he will move in and so we need to know that God is there to fight for us so in this first battle it looks like King Ben-Hadad of Syria gathered together his hosts that's in in first kings 20 and verse 1 and i'll just kind of go over the the high spots here and so he's boasting he sends to ahab and tells him that uh all the silver is mine the gold's mine your kids your wife your loved ones everything you got is mine and i'm coming for it and so ahab because he's this way you know he's kind of like a uh, a scared guy you know he wanted some man's property and he was scared to take it even though he was king he could do really I guess anything he wanted to do and he wouldn't sign the deed and his wife wouldn't sign her, his, her, his name to it you know he just couldn't make a decision and stick with it and he was a scared guy you know if you if you worship a god that's weak you're going to be weak too you got me you take on the attributes of the one that you draw your strength from 
and so there he's he's worshiping the god of Baal and they have no power and so he doesn't have any power God stopped that but still he's got to work with Ahab a little bit to show him that he's God this is what he's doing in the earth all the time revealing himself as God to everybody in the world and so Ahab sent message he sent messengers to Ahab and told him everything that you have is mine and then after Ahab said okay you can have it then he told Ahab he said and on top of that that's not enough but I'm going to come to your palace and the palace of all your high people and anything I see in the house that I like I'm going to take that too you know if it's not bad enough you've taken his whole family and the man said okay to take it and for somehow Ahab rose up and got angry at that I don't know what he had in his house but you know everything else was okay to take but this is you know and you need to know that even the most passive person has a stopping point there is some point where everybody will rise up and get upset about what the devil's doing and say no more and that's the the part of them that that gets you know that wants there's a fight left in everybody you know, I don't care how much you compromise and how much you you don't want trouble there's a, a point where everybody will rise up and say no more and will fight for themselves and so Ahab reached that point and so in verse 11 it says the king of Israel answered that's Ahab and said tell him uh, let don't let him think uh, that he he's boasting he said, in other words he can put on his armor but he's not going to take it off again you got me he's you know if he come up here he's a dead man you know <laughs> somehow he got that about him you know God will pull out of you what he needs to pull out of you huh I mean, you know, and and this is important. You know, sometimes we pray for people and they don't change too quick. And we think, you know, and you continue to pray, but it's kind of half-hearted. You know, you're not as excited about it anymore. You know, you pray for somebody to get saved for 15, 20, or 30 years and it wears you down a little bit. It'll wear down your faith. But there's a point in everybody that God can reach and God can touch so that they can make the proper response toward God and and that was Ahab's stopping point and so you know Ahab sent him an answer back and said nope you're not going to do it verse 13 behold there came a prophet to Ahab king of Israel saying thus saith the Lord now you notice this prophet did not show up until Ahab started to resist the king the Bible says if you submit to God and resist the devil he must flee but also God will have to give you a strategy to make him flee. And so the prophet comes to the king when he makes the right decision toward God. When he says no to the enemy you can't when you quit compromising with the enemy then God will come and fight for you. There's a point where everybody can reach that point and God they will see the glory of God and the help of God. And he says Behold there came a prophet to him saying thus saith the Lord have you seen all this great multitude behold I will deliver it into your hand this day and you shall know that I am the Lord. Well God I know you I serve you I worship you no you don't know me because you're not acting like you know me see Ahab's afraid whenever we're afraid we've stepped away from the knowledge of God. 
Whenever we stop and hesitate, try to wonder what's what's on the line. What 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 am I going to lose if I make this step? What it, what you know if I go in the way of my faith or do what my faith is telling me to do what's it going to cost me that kind of thing and so we've stepped away from the knowledge of God and and that's okay God still wants to convince us that he's with us he will fight for us and fight with us and he is God and so <coughs> Ahab said by whom and he said thus saith the Lord even by the young men and the princes of the province and, and he said who shall order the battle and he answered you so here Ahab still wants somebody else to do his work for him he still wants to cower down and and, uh, you know just be a spectator maybe or maybe you just go to bed until it's all over with and come back later and God said you're the king I want to use you to do these things he says that to people all the time the heads of households heads of ministries heads of churches you're the one that I want to use to do these things you can't delegate everything but I want to use you I'll anoint you to do it and so he numbered the young men the princes of the provinces and they were 232 and after them he numbered all the people even all the children of Israel being 7,000 and they went out at noon but Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk in the pavilions he and the kings and so all of these enemy people that thought that they were going to come and overtake Ahab and, and mostly the enemy does it because of numbers he does it because of strength it doesn't matter how many of them there are you know whenever we're in trouble it seems like everybody's against us you know it seems like you, you want to have people that can understand and pray with you and help you and encourage you and they are few in number and so God does it sometimes so that we'll rely on him and him alone and let him send the help we need sometimes we don't need much help at all we don't need to tell a hundred people about our difficulty we just need to go to God and God will send the key people that we need but also he will disarm the enemy see God never has us fight a fully armed enemy if the devil could use everything he wanted to use against you you'd been dead a long time ago if he could have killed you he'd have killed you a long time ago because what's there to stop him but the hand of God see he's his mission is to steal kill and destroy so if he's only been stealing from you that's because the hand of God has restrained him from going further you think that brother got any uh, hold back sense on him he didn't have any love any compassion what's to hold him back except the hand of God and so when we understand this and we understand that God is with us whether we think he is or not whether you see him or not whether he's being real big or, or invisible or whatever that God is still God and he's still going to reveal himself as God he's going to show himself as God and so God lets the enemy boast and and get real confident about himself you know sometimes the longer or, or the louder the devil hollers at us the more afraid we become but God lets him do that the Bible says he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour whom that means we have to give him permission whom 
He doesn't have permission to just devour you. You can resist him. The Bible says resist him steadfastly in the faith. You got enough faith to resist the devil. Sometimes we like some of the crazy stuff he tells us. You know, you can play around with the devil a little too much. And so if you but if you will repent and resist him, submit to God and resist him, he must flee from you. He can't do any more than God would let him to do, and God's not going to let him take your life. Your life is hid with with Christ in God. He can't find it to get it. Oh, Job had was stripped of everything and God said, "You can't take his life." Why? Cuz we are eternal. We live forever. We're in eternal life. He can't take that. And so the enemy will boast, he will brag, he will try to and that's what he does. He if he can intimidate us and get us to shrink back and not use our faith cuz he knows he's got to have your cooperation to do you in. Well some of y'all believe it. I don't know if you want to believe it or not. But you better believe it. Because it's true. He's got to have your permission. To do you in. If you think the devil can just come up to do. What what did the blood do? Why, why did go, Jesus go through all of that? If the enemy can do anything he wants to do to you. You know he's restrained by the hand of God. God did that on his own. It didn't say Job prayed and God and asked God to. Tell the enemy not to kill him. God did that on his own. huh? So that's part of your covenant with God. You have a covenant of eternal life with God. Amen. Now you know people get old. They get weary. They lay it down. But the devil don't have to take it. You got me. He has no authority to take it. You know if you feel that your time is you you know. Oh I've seen 85 presidents. And I've seen <laughs> 18 graduate, 18 generations graduate from college. And I pay for everybody to get through high school. And well you know I've seen enough here God. Let's go on. That's what the patriarchs of old did. People they just you know knew it was their time. And they laid down. And they went in peace. With God. You got me? There is a place where the burdens of this earth will lift off of a person. If they, you know, they, you know, it's enough. I've seen enough. I've done this a zillion times. You know, no more social security checks. <laughs> all that, you know, cancel all of that. And that kind of stuff. So it's, it's time. Sometimes it's time. And so, <clears throat> but we have a covenant of eternal life with God and preservation of life in God. He preserves our life. And we can enhance that preservation by our faith in, in determining the kind of life we want to live. And so whatever God needs to do to keep the enemy in a submissive state toward us, he will do that. So with these guys, he let them start getting too confident that they could take over Israel they got too confident and all the kings they said oh we'll just send the the little warriors out and we'll just stay here and they were drinking and carrying on and and celebrating before it was time Hmm? that's what the enemy does huh now if, if you know correctly isn't that what God tells us to do huh if you can act like you got it before you got it he'll give it to you you call those things that be not as though they are if you can thank God for it before you see it he'll let you see it that ain't for the devil to do he's just copying off of what God's people do see all 
always wants to have what we have, even to the celebration in the end zone. You know that <laughs> or unnecessary celebration. <laughs> there was a story about um, about Harriet Tubman. You know that she was what they call the conductor on the Underground Railroad, and uh, led many people risked her own life many times, and led many people to slavery. You know, there's a place where you know something's really wrong, and you just stand against it anyway because you heard from God about it. You know, I mean, not wrong like you're a vigilante, but you've heard from God about it. And she was a woman of prayer. And many times, you know, that she was almost captured and would get away. She had great favor with people they call abolitionists who would give shelter to, to uh, people. And they were all uh, looking to get to Detroit. Did you know that? This was almost the last stop on the Underground Railroad. And then they would take the Detroit River across there and go over into Canada. where they can, Or, or there were um, uh, states uh, that weren't slave states in the north where they could get asylum. But many of them went on over into Canada. And so <clears throat> she would pray about the different things that uh, God would have her pray about and um, when they heard when she was told that Abraham Lincoln had signed the proclamation to free the slaves and uh, some people were all excited and told her and she just looked at him and they said well aren't you excited and she said cheering I praised God for that many years ago she said I saw this day so long ago she said that's what kept me going and risking my life you understand what I'm saying so when you get a vision from God and you get understanding from God you can operate in a realm where it's already done and you act like it you know it you know it deep within your heart so it was no surprise to her and, and she and see that's real faith because she had a confidence that even though it looked as though she were risking her life she really wasn't she knew she would get through and get those people through and that at one point she wouldn't have to do that job any longer but she did it in obedience to God because she knew in her heart it was wrong you know and she went she was there to right a wrong and so God does that for us he will help us to have that confidence that it's it's done but Ahab didn't have that you see he didn't have that he needed to be convinced that God was God and so God then in in this this uh, this battle it says in in verse 18 <clears throat> sorry verse 16 they went out at noon Ben-Hadad was drinking himself drunk and so forth and so on verse 17 the young men of the princes and other provinces went out first Ben-Hadad sent out and they told him saying there are men come out of Samaria said whether they become for peace take them alive they come out for war take them alive so the young men of the princes and the provinces came out of the city and the army which followed them and they slew everyone his man and the Syrians fled and Israel pursued them that is the outcome of every battle that we're ever in folks that we submit to God resist the devil and he must flee from us this is a consistent you'll see this consistently in every battle where Israel obeyed God they consulted the Lord they went before God they found out the strategy they found out the instruction they found out how 
to engage the enemy. Are we going to have to fight man to man? Are you going to fight for us this time? There were many times God would confuse the enemy and they would turn on one another. And Israel didn't have to lift a finger. And so it's very, very important that we understand, number one, that God has nothing in mind for us except victory. And number two, that we must have his strategy and we must have his timing in all of these battles. Many times all you have to do is show up and God fights for you. I remember those years when I first came back to Cleveland and the the devil greeted me by having some people that I owned a building. I was a part owner in a building with these people. They were trying to evict me from the building. Now I didn't live there but Mac did but they wouldn't go throw him out either. You got me? I mean just because it doesn't affect you personally. See I get more upset when the devil's you know doesn't want to confront me but confront someone who's maybe not as as you know easily you know that less that they can't meet the challenge probably as well it would have been easy for me to say well you know mac where are you going to go live you're not going to stay there forever you know it's good but i decided that i was going to respond you know as the lawyers what's your response <laughs> so they had us in the and really with the type of building we had there was no eviction policy for that particular building and I knew that and I knew that I was an owner and I was a bona fide owner and you can't evict an owner and I went down there and I was all set to be nice huh you know it's like okay well what's the deal here and when the uh, lawyer for the the people there told me that I had to pay pay something to somebody else there who I didn't even know and I said I don't even know you I said I'm not giving you any money who do you think you are oh we gotta go to court now you know they were wanting to settle it right there I said I don't care where we go let's go to court my God is the God of the courtroom inside the courtroom out. He's God everywhere. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine to take something away from a child of God? And really all I ever did was just show up. It, it wore me down a little bit because I got sick of just showing up. But as long as I just went and I showed up, God fought for me. And those people backed down. And they didn't evict anybody because they had no power to do it. But they told me that many times in those cases most of the people just give up because they don't want to go through all of that. Now, he's not going to wear me out because he's not going to wear God out. I'm not fighting this. God fights for me. He gives me strategy. But I have to take a stand. I have to respond. I can't be afraid of the devil. You know you can't show any fear. And so there were many times that I just wanted to tell everybody what I thought. And you know let's move on. <laughs> I don't need this. But I, I went and I saw God do the impossible many many times. And I saw him get that straightened out for us in a, a great and a victorious way. And so uh, you know and I told Mac I said you move when you feel like it. When you get ready to go you go. You don't let anybody push you out of anywhere. 
who they think they are down here I mean come on now so there should be a, a, a divine indignance or divine indignation that rises up when you know it's the devil and you see what he's trying to do you don't compromise and you don't back down so you need to know in God we are victors not victims and we are more than conquerors our battle does not depend on the type of battle you're engaged in our victory doesn't depend on it like the easy stuff oh yeah God can do that but the heart's a mmm I don't know you know like oh yeah headache he can do but cancer mmm I don't know about that you know he can do it all and we have to get to the point where we agree with him and we see things the way he sees them you can't you can't look at it from a weak perspective you have to look at it from God's perspective and you have to work with God until you can get in there and, and root that stuff out of you and get the word in get confidence in the word the word that that he's speaking so whatever turf we fight on he fights for us I don't care where it is he can fight in the mud he can fight in the ring he can fight in the palace he can fight in the jailhouse he will fight everywhere for us amen so he will give us a strategy and a position always has a position of advantage for us it may appear at times that we're at a disadvantage but he's not limited in any way I don't care what your circumstances are sometimes we feel like well you know I got myself into this mess through my disobedience yeah and you're going to do it again but he's still God and you're still his child and he's still going to fight for you amen Amen. So he's never at a disadvantage though. He's all he God always has the upper hand. You gotta understand that. And if he has the upper hand, you have the upper hand. Just hold on to his unchanging upper hand and you have the upper hand too. So he will accomplish that we will accomplish our goal if we'll rely on his sovereignty and his wisdom and merely follow his strategy. All we have to do is follow his strategy. God's people always got the victory if they would consult God. Remember David at Ziklag, he'd lost everything. I mean, it was gone as far as he he could see, but when he came to himself, you know, he got himself together, you know, everybody was mad at him, they were gonna kill him and all this confusion breaking out. You know, if you can get peace, you can hear from God. But you can't he's God's not a God of confusion. He's not gonna speak to you in that emotional situation. You're gonna have to get yourself in a spiritual condition so the bible says david encouraged himself in the lord his god you know probably just brought out his little harp or whatever he played and and sang him a couple psalms (laughs) you know (laughs) that's a good way to do it and uh, reminded himself that god had fought for him so many times and reminded himself that he'd never gone down to defeat all the years that he served god you remind yourself of these things and so after he did that he asked god he said well should i go up (laughs) you know i mean should i do this should i step out in faith what do i do and god told him yes go up and he says and you will recover everything everything yes everything uh everything even uh 
Yeah. All them wives you got, you know you ain't supposed to have. Huh? All them fighting children of yours. Huh? Well, don't nobody else want them, David. They yours. They your problem. Take them home with you. But it's interesting when God judges on the basis. You know, they say possession is nine-tenths of the law. It's pretty much true. Who did the devil get that from? David. Then he got to give it back to David. Once he gives it back to David, then God will deal with David about. You got me? Hello. But he's got to give it back because it doesn't belong to him. That's the law. You know, people get all itchy about, well, you know, I don't know if God told me to do this or not. Was it in your house? Is it missing? Don't let the devil just keep it. Come on now. I don't care if you don't want it. Well, you know, I got all these wives. Ain't supposed to be a good time right now to just forget they stole them. No, you can't do that, David. You go down there and get get that woman them babies. Get that woman some money for them babies she got for you. Just do the right thing, David. Come on now. Be no deadbeat dad on top of everything else. Huh? So you have to you have to take that stand. It's a principle that you operate on. If the if the enemy has no business with it. It's your possession. He has no business with it. Man. So God told him that he would recover everything. Got me? He'll recover everything. And so David went through and he was able to, to make that stand. God helped him in so many different steps that he had to take. And that's the thing you need to know about God. Sometimes it just won't be one short battle. Sometimes it will be many small ones. And little steps that we have to take. To get to our victory. But God is with us at every step. Sometimes we need to know that it will take time to get some things done. And so they they won that first battle. But then a year later. Then Hadad steps up again with another challenge. To Ahab's uh, um, uh, uh, power. Now the enemy has different strategies he uses to get his way with us. In their first battle, his primary strategy was intimidation. Intimidation will immobilize your faith. It will keep you from using your faith. Because if your concern about receiving something from God has to do with what if it doesn't go right, you're not going to use your faith on it. So the enemy will intimidate you and try to get you to move back from using your faith. And if God doesn't see your faith, he can't help you. And the devil knows this. And this is why he's always attacking us in that area, trying to steal our faith, uh, keep us from using it, make us think things are helpless and hopeless and worthless. And so if he can, can put some form of intimidation in there he can get us to change our mind about what we've asked God for and we'll just leave it right there for him and so always use your faith always be willing to step out and step up to the plate and believe God for a miracle so they have taken God's counsel a year earlier and we're down to I think it's verse 23 now um, so a year earlier he'd taken his counsel 
and he defeated this man but then <clears throat> they had uh, Israel convinced that they were defeated at first and so when he got counsel from God and saw God work he was encouraged in God but the enemy will change his strategy when he comes to you a second time and so Ben-Hadad comes to him and, and uh, begins to uh, try word gets out that he's consulted his his helpers and their astrologers and so astrologers deal a lot in superstition amen so in verse 23 we see the counsel of the ungodly or the counsel of the wicked against Israel and in this scenario it's told to another king but in our lives the enemy will come to you and tell you these things yourself that's why you got to know that God's still God no matter what the battle is where you're fighting it what type of battle who got you into it how much you cost to to have it happen all of that he's still God and you have to just that just has to be your bottom line he's still God that means that as God I have a covenant with him and, and everything else follows from the fact that he is still God and so what happened was it says here in verse 23 the servants of the king of Syria said unto him that is the king of Syria this is the counsel that his his servants gave him the astrologers he said their gods are gods of the hills so really Ben Hadad you lost that battle a year ago because they were fighting up in the hills and see their god can only fight up in the hills they can only be victorious as you have them up there and see these things come to us in the form of lies of the enemy you know the reason God helped you out that time was because see you were going to church regular and you were doing this regularly you were giving regular you were doing that regular and you're da, 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 the legalistic side of things so God can only work if you lined up perfect with him and see what you did to get yourself in this mess was you you uh chase your son out the house with a baseball bat now he's gone and you ain't never gonna get him back because you did that one thing wrong huh so god can't fight for you now because there's something wrong with you huh and so he's the god of the mountain when you do everything right but we're down in the valley now where you done done some stuff to get yourself in this trouble and so he's not going to fight for you this time. You think God's going to come and help you and you done done all that? I beg to differ with you. He's still God. He's still God. Those voices that talk to you are not God. He's still God. And you need to override them voices and say, yeah, you know what, I did that. And let me tell you about something you didn't mention that I did wrong too. But at 11.02 this morning, I repented and told God I was sorry and I am cleansed from all unrighteousness. And he's still God. He's God when I'm in the valley and down in the dumps and done everything wrong and nothing right he's still God and I can always go to him and make things right with him the devil hates that he hates that because that's how he gets most Christians to roll over and play dead for him is a he he always accuses us and brings up stuff we've done so long ago or things we've done recently you know and sometimes you you don't even can't even remember the stuff he's trying to accuse you of huh 
It's like I wasn't even born when Kennedy died. How could I have shot him? I mean, he'll have you everything. He's throwing a book at you, as they say. And so we need to understand that the God of the mountaintop is what we think God, we got to do everything right so that he can fight for us. Well, you need to know he's the God of the valley, too. When you do everything wrong, he can still fight for you. Huh? If you can get yourself straightened out in your brain and get condemnation off of you and get guilt off of you and really get under the blood and get cleansed and and renewed and refreshed and understand it's a new day now sometimes you need to go to those scriptures and meditate on them and really get them in you so that you know that God has forgiven you and all that that means so Ben Hadad consulted the, the astrologers and they gave him that flaky counsel Mm-hmm. That's something. The gates of hell, amen. Sometimes when we're in a, a bad frame of mind, you your your soul can tap into those conversations at the gates of hell, and they're designed to put you in a mentality of defeat. Men, strip your faith, strap you down, so you don't want to use your faith and you don't think it'll work. Well, what's the use? You know, I've done too much and God's not with me. He hasn't been with me in so long and, you know, it's been a dry season and I haven't seen a miracle. And well, you're about to see one if you'll turn to him. If you'll recognize he is the God of the valley. So they give him that counsel. He says, let us go and fight against them in the plain. In other words, the devil sets himself up to be defeated over and over and over again. And he has nothing to risk because he'll take the risk because if he can intimidate you and convince you that God's going to be different with you this time than he was the last time. Like God's changed. He doesn't love you anymore. I know it says in the Bible that God is love but that's only for people who do everything right. You're not one of them people. Amen. So Ben-Hadad consulted his astrologers. The God of superstition responded. Man, that's superstition when you say God can only do it this way and he can't do it that way. See, it's, that's how that operates. And so many times if there's <clears throat> divination and superstition working in people's brains. See, legalism will bring that into you. You know, you'll say, well, I did, well what did I do wrong that brought this into my life? See, that's superstition right there because you're trying to undo something that's done you can't undo it you got to confess it and he can forgive you of it and wipe it clean that's better than undoing because huh? you'll never go and undo all the wrong that we've done huh? both as unbelievers and believers it, there's no undoing here to do and so we, we have to understand that we serve a God who can wipe the slate clean he can cleanse us and make us righteous and that's better than us trying to go and undo everything and, and make it right now, there's some things we must do you got to make peace with people you gotta got to make sure that, that you they have a a, 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 a peaceful relationship with you they're not tense around you that kind of thing uh, if that's possible the Bible says to do it as much as possible live with peace with all men and so that is a command of God but I'm talking about trying to right wrongs yourself when God has not commissioned you to operate that way you see there's some things that you can't do
you know the uh, internal revenue says they get letters from people every year well 1936 I lied on my taxes and here's the money you know well you know give give Uncle Sam what to do him you understand what I'm saying but you know we can't go back and, and, and help every situation that we've we've hurt and hindered sometimes we've done too much it's been too long all of that so you have to understand that God makes up for that doesn't he make up with that with us you know you can forget your rotten childhood and you can forget your your what you didn't get that christmas you know there's some people that the minute you bring a a, a a piece of mistletoe out or a christmas tree they go to balling and i remember that christmas i didn't get that come on now it's a new day god can write all of that you know, can write all of that amen my older sister you know she is always giving goofy gifts even when she got had money and could give better gifts because that's the way she played it off when she didn't have money you know I'm thinking you have money now give me a decent gift give you decent stuff all the time quit playing with Jesus like that it's my Jesus I like Christmas I was broken poor in the same house she was but I ain't getting all testy about it Come on now. We're new creatures, man. We we know the meaning of Christmas. It was never about the gifts anyway. God was trying to get a message through to us when we were little. It ain't about what's under the tree. Huh? Wow, that's a revelation to you. That's a re- No, don't go into No, 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 no. I just feel that Jehovah Witness thing stepping up there. They don't believe in all this stuff and don't believe it. Don't be don't be shorting nobody. You know, if you got the goods, bring the goods out. Now we ain't going there. But all I'm saying is we know what Christmas is really all about and, and, and I think that's why you have lean Christmases sometimes. You need to step out of that and understand what, what you're really celebrating here. So anyway, that's the enemy's second strategy. The first one we saw in the first battle was an intimidation thing. The second one is God can't help you because of something you've done. He's not the God of the valley. See, You need to know he is still God. The words of the enemy seek to undermine our confidence in God. See, if you you think there's something standing between you and God that the, that the blood of Jesus didn't rectify, then you you won't step out in faith and confidence that that saps your confidence in God. We have you know there's <clears throat> there's some movements now uh, in the earth to try and push Christians into that kind of mentality. You know this this fight over prayer in public places. You know, like they can make God go somewhere. You know, it's it's always to remove God from things, but they work it out through God's people. And so, you know, Oprah Winfrey will interview some nationally known preacher and get him all confused. You know, because she got money and all got a mammon in her voice and all this intimidation and stuff and first thing they want to know is what do you feel about homosexuality well I love everybody but that's a sin said in the Bible it's a sin I agree it's a sin because I agree with God end of discussion 
And so we have to understand that these in, in this uh, movement against praying in Jesus' name. I mean, you go through the book of Acts, you see all these same things over again. One of the problems is we don't have enough believers praying against witchcraft and standing against it as wrong and evil. You got me? And when the few stand up and say something, they're out there alone and they look stupid to everybody. Because there's nothing in the atmosphere to support that. You know, now they they let people do yoga in schools you know it's nap time for the children and we you know do all that stuff and you can practice yoga well that's religion well we don't do that it's just the exercise then God still come in there you know and, and follow that nonsense so you know Christians need to make a firm stand huh? I almost fell out with my broker about him going you know he says he serves God and all that and God's delivered him from some difficult situations but he said yeah I gotta go do my yoga I said what are you doing yoga for well what do you mean well I thought it was okay and it's nothing to it and I said yeah there is I said you need to get your peace from God where's your scriptures what do you what do you re- aren't you still reading your bible get back in your bible then they want to plead with you, you know. I'll come every time I feel good about something I do, you just tear it down. I said, because you ain't doing nothing right. Do the right thing, and you, you know. I mean, you almost have to fall out with people to get them to understand. And see, the thing with Christianity is that the more we compromise and the more we inflate it with the leaven of the world and the leaven of Herod, you know, the worldly things, and we we just embrace more of the world. We embrace you got a big uh, you know, umbrella that we want to include everything under. Well, we include the people, but the sin has to be, the error has to be left outside. It can't come in to the holiness of God. And so if we will understand this, that, that, that the enemy's strategy is to keep us from feeling confident in God. Everything to chip away at that confidence. He wants to do that. Now we think because something's in court, you can't win in court. You know, God is not the God of the court. You know, once it goes to court, you know, they have all this and, you know, abortion's legal and this is legal. Well, I believe one day we'll feel like abortion just like we do about all other kinds of discrimination. It's wrong. You know, we pray constantly for God to open the eyes of people. You know, they think because the Supreme Court says it's okay, it's okay. They've handed down some goofy decisions ever since they've been, they've been in operation. They don't they're not God. So you can always call on God to override that which does not agree with his word. You can do that. You can do that. So they go to war again. Ahab gets his strategy from God. He's not he's not moved by the fact that that these astrologers have said that God won't show up in the valley. God shows up in the valley, gets rid of all of them. And the last thing the enemy does is a final attempt at compromise. See? Intimidation first to get you to back down. Now his final stage is to desire compromise. Verse 31. Uh, why don't I just go up a little bit. It says here. They numbered the army in verse 28. And there came a man of God and spoke to the king of Israel and said. Thus saith the Lord. Because the Syrians have said that God is God of the hills 
and he's not the God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you'll know that I'm God. God's trying to prove to Ahab, this man who's been steeped in idol worship and false gods, he's, they've made a decision not to serve those gods anymore, but he's got to con- be convinced in his mind to turn away from his ways for the sake of God's people that he has to govern. See, God will, will show up and demonstrate his power oftentimes to leaders so that they can get confident in God and continue to teach the people to serve God and to serve him in a strong way. We're never to get weaker in our message. We're to get more consistent and get stronger in it. But it seems like sometimes the more people grow and the, the larger they get, the more watered down the gospel is that they preach. This gospel should never be altered to fit, you know, seeker friendly. What does that mean? That means you're just inviting people in. They don't come in through repentance and through that, that you won't build a strong church that way. You'll have a very weak church because people will believe that they're okay with God even though they're in sin. And that's not what God wants. He wants them to get to know him. There's only one way to know him and that's to come through the blood of the cross. And so uh, they, <clears throat> he said that, that uh, I will deliver this great multitude into your hand. You'll know that I'm the Lord. And they pitch one over against the other seven days and so forth. And the Syrians and in, in, so it was in the seventh day the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day. You don't do that in one day. God has to be with you for that to happen in one day. But I'm telling you, I don't care how many devils are trying to steal what you've got and at the door and threatening you. God can get rid of them like that. All it takes is one move from God. But you got to get with God to get that. The rest fled to Aphek and to the city. And there was a and there a wall fell on 20,000 men. So when God gets ready to get rid of the devil out of your life, he gets every single devil. You can't keep the one that pet devil you like so much. You gotta get let him go too. And his servant said to him, Behold now, we have heard that the kings king of the house of Israel are merciful kings. Now here we go again. The enemy never stops. Ben Hadad is saying to his leaders, Oh, you know what? We can still live. <laughs> we can live to fight another day. That's what the devil does. He wants to live to fight another day. He just wants to get a chance to collect himself, go get some more other little imps to mess your life up if he can. But he wants to live to fight you another day. That's why he'll try and compromise. For every preacher that says, well, uh, you know, the Bible says instead of saying, I agree with God's word. Homosexuality is sin. But a homosexual can get saved and walk away from his sin. You see, the, the world keeps us hemmed in. Now all of a sudden it's, it's wrong for us to try and talk somebody into giving up a gay lifestyle. See, that's a crime now. All of it. It's a hate crime. And you, you know, you know you, you're not giving them freedom. You're not letting them alone. Huh? And so if you, you understand what God wants, you offer the gospel to everybody. He's no respecter of persons and no respecter of sin. You know, a lot of times preachers will try to jump in the sin basket with them. 
well you know we all sinned and I had a sin yeah but what about this one they're trying to get you to say this one's okay and that's what you're saying by what you say and so we we need to understand that God's word is God's word and you don't compromise on it and so these guys decide that they're going to ask Ahab one more time if they can live (laughs) and he lets them live and he says when they fled to Aphek to the city a wall fell on those men and verse 31 his servant said to him behold now we have heard that the kings of the house of Israel are merciful kings now this is coming from his astrologers astrology is always a door of compromise with the enemy always because there's no no spiritual truth there not like God's word is now there you know you'll have some things that look like they're they're consistent and all that but there's always something screwy there you know people who trust in horoscopes and uh you know the general the generalities that they make about these different signs and what sign you are and characteristics they can apply to anybody huh they can apply to anybody and they make them so that they're general and applied to anybody just like the fortune cookie you know you can get in that little fortune cookie thing and start looking instead of reading your bible you have read your bible in three days that's why you you know and you look at it sitting up there on the table and you looking at it and you trying not to and it says open me huh you don't want to offend your host open me I'm going to open them and eat that cookie but I ain't going to read that paper the minute you put your hands on it you're you're hooked because that's how the enemy gets his compromise see if a little leaven leavens the whole lump pretty soon you're checking it every day before I knew the Lord that's what I did I checked mine every day I had to see because it it was a way to flatter people you know and the devil knows that see when when drugs got to be tolerated you got me this is this is what as long as there's a war against them and it's a serious war then we can fight that thing and put it down but once it gets tolerated then it gets permission to bring all of the uh, ancillary forces and forces of compromise with it that's all that's happened everybody was taking some kind of little dope and so it, we will we decriminalize it because I'm doing it you know instead of everybody living right and and so forth and so and it's brought a lot of it's wrought havoc in people's lives in a terrible way this 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 um country is so much more dangerous now uh, and you can trace it back to the advent of drugs and that people are not as um, people are too tolerant of it they just allow it to happen in so many different areas and so <clears throat> that's the final strategy of the enemy is the compromise and so these these astrologers tell him that uh, these are merciful people and that's what that's what the devil does with Christians you're supposed to be nice the first thing you do when they give you when you give somebody the word and you tell them let me pray with you because you know God can deliver you from this well God understands 
And what happened? You're supposed to be nice. You're not nice. Why are you being mean? Why are you hating on me? Huh? And and you know God God won't send me to hell. He he doesn't judge. Why are you judging me? Huh? I have you know it's already been judged. Huh? It's all. And who, who do you think you are that God's not judging you? He judges all the time. Huh? You see them people dying? They've been judged. You see people going to hell? They've been judged already. They don't have to be, but they have been. And so you have to understand that when God is involved in something, all the forces of darkness come to the one that carries the word. You don't think you're a big deal in God's kingdom. How many devils have tried to talk you out of something? Well you must be a big deal. They wouldn't bother you if you weren't a big deal. If you weren't a threat they wouldn't give you the time of day. And so we're able to to understand that what we carry and how dangerous it is to the kingdom of darkness. Because he's trying to get us to compromise. Always wanting us to compromise. Many of the, the ministries that you see on television. National television. Their, their, their message doesn't do anything for anybody. One way or the other. It doesn't offend sin. It doesn't. They, they watch very carefully and edit very carefully things that will offend this group or offend that group. And that well if you like that get off television. Just get with your small group of people and preach what you know to preach. But make it true and make it powerful and let it help somebody. Who told you you had to get up there and start compromising on your message. You know that message that got your first group of people saved. That's the message you need to be preaching to everybody if you're going to be out there. So, you know, in uh, <clears throat> so the they decide that they're going to try to get them to compromise. Is you're nice people. <laughs> merciful let us I pray thee put sackcloth on our loins and ropes upon our heads let's imitate Christians huh? let's go to church with them and get the jargon lift the hands and see if we can go in undetected huh? the entertainment world is full of people like this huh? some of these these uh, uh, stories that everybody's going to these movies christian so called christian movies or they make too much fun of church people for that to be coming from somebody who really knows god you you don't you don't ridicule god's pe- i mean that's a major offense to god major it's like let's like you know you you Telling some man his wife is ugly. Man he'll deck you so fast. and <laughs> I know she ugly. I married her but she ain't mine. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll be the one to call her. Well whatever. You know what I'm saying. She looked good to me. I didn't see ugly when we got up this morning. I saw my pretty bride. That's the way God feels about us. It's a major offense. When people offend us. No good. You don't, you don't, and even if you are a Christian, you know, don't publish it in Gath. You know, if we got problems in the house of God, don't take it out there to the world and air our dirty laundry in front of everybody. You straighten it out in the house of God. Let us get our business straight. So, we need to understand that we have rights as as, uh, citizens of heaven. And of whatever nation we're in. To stand for what's right and stand for God. And so we're going to have to do that in this country folks. We're going to have to to withstand. Because the enemy's already slivered in and got a foothold. 
See, already got in and got a foothold. See, the devil doesn't care if if he'll kill the vessel that carries the message. He wants the message to live. As long as that message lives, then he has an inroad. After that person gets that that thing started, he'll let them die or be eliminated or whatever. He doesn't care. They've done their job already. You know, Madeline Murray O'Hare died a horrible death. She was murdered by people that worked for her and buried on her own property. They were kidnapped and all of their possessions stolen by a man who was a criminal that worked for her. Well, she done what the devil wanted her to do. She got she gone through the courts and got prayer removed from school. She was a very arrogant woman, a, a very uh, um, uh, aggressive type of a woman, and and so she was able to push her way through on these things, and she was got national exposure you know everybody got to hear her message you got me and so when the devil wants to promote something he knows how to promote it and Christians need to quit compromising and making fun of and making light of the blood of Jesus that paid for the sins of humanity see that's what it is at risk there it's the power of the blood is being diminished and mocked and made fun of simply because there are people that Christians have embraced and given them a pass because now they've gotten prominent and now they're out making fun every time you see it this Tyler Perry that guy every time you see something he's got church people doing something stupid they're never treated in a respectful manner and that's wrong Christians don't do that to one another I don't care how bad we get in this house we don't go out there and tell the world how horrible we are now that's just I love God's people them my them my peeps my bros I'm with them devil I ain't with you you're not gonna live to torment us we we stand together we know who the real enemy is you know we may have differences of opinion or see things differently but when it comes to fighting him we know how to lock step together you got me and how to hold on for what God has for us so at the end of every battle God wants us to know that he is God sometimes we forget you get so steeped in, in everyday life and difficulties and you know things look like they're going out going out going out nothing's ever coming in but he still is God and he wants to prove that to us so we, we got to let him do that you got me you got to cry out to him call out to him hold out for his best go back and renew your vows with God whatever it is that you promised him you were going to do you got to re-up you got to go back again and say God we've, you know, we've gotten to this point now and I need to know that you're the God of this phase in my life or this aspect of my life. You got, I've got to know that you're God and he will show up. He will answer everything. He will give you that reassurance. It will be like you know, it's all good again. You know, Nothing missing, nothing broken. Everything's accounted for and you're in the right mood with God. Amen. So why don't we stop. Father in heaven we do thank you. For giving us understanding, Lord. You have such love for us, Father. You have a great love for us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And you want us to know that. You want us to have daily contact with you. Daily reassurance that we're in your will. And we thank you for that. We love you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Praise God. Amen. If anybody